I want to thank the Lord um, for letting me be here today. I want to thank the committee uh, for uh, allowing me to do a lesson. Um, the best way that I know the, to explain this is I'm supposed to be here right now. I was sitting over about where Brother Swindle is <clears throat> during the last minister school. And during one of the lessons, the Lord gave me this topic. He gave me this message. I've been holding this in for quite some time. And after, um, I can't remember who was teaching a lesson then, but after that lesson was over with, I walked up and I asked Brother Brad to uh, please let the committee know that I'd like to be considered for a lesson. And I just put the rest of it in the Lord's hands. And if it was to come about this year, then it, then it would. But uh, this lesson, um, Walking Tall in the Lord. And so I'd ask you to, to bear with me uh, somewhat. I am, um, I'll probably share some personal experiences. Uh, I honestly don't know how personal I'll get. But uh, I, I will say this, um, I'm not ashamed to stand here and say what the Lord's done for me. Um, I'm not ashamed to, to go out into the world and, and, and tell others what the Lord's done for me. When I was in college one time, I uh, had a friend that, uh, uh, that I, I worked with in the computer lab. And that was my job in college and, and uh, worked in one of the computer labs on campus. And uh, uh, I, got, I got a burden for him. And uh, I, th- I was... I don't know, I was probably a junior, maybe a senior in college, I don't know, but I got a burden for him, and, and uh, he, he wasn't raised uh, in our faith, uh, he was raised in a different faith, but the Lord just impressed upon me to share my experience with him, and uh, so I did, and I, I'll, I'll never forget his response, it was actually quite sad, um, he looked at me, and he didn't want to offend me. And uh, he said, uh, he said, David, he said, I just, I want to tell you this. And I, I just, I, I just want to say it with all respect, but I, I, I want to say this. He said, what you just told me, I think that that was a self hallucination. And my response was something along the lines of, well, how long is one of those supposed to last? Because I was, uh, I'm going to guess I was about 21 years old at the time. And the Lord saved my soul. Right here where this box of tissue is. In the summer of 1982. That's where the Lord saved my soul, right there. And there's nothing, there's nothing, I mean you all know this. I I, I feel like I'm sort of uh, saying things that you already know. But I'm just trying to go as the Lord leads me. There's nothing special or holy about that spot, okay, except that's where the Lord saved me, okay? And, and so, for some reason, and uh, I'm, I'm certainly uh, not, not here to complain about this at all, it's a blessing, but when the Lord saved my soul, I felt a drastic change on the inside, and it was instantaneous, I mean, it was literally just, just a snap of a finger. And there was a drastic change on the inside. And, and the Lord 
uh, he spoke very deeply to me when he saved my soul. Now, uh, I really enjoyed Brother Doug Skinner's uh, lesson earlier and, you know, that, that, uh, that analogy that he gave talking about that, you know, when, when you're a baby and, you know, you're, you're being rocked and you don't know what you got. Well, that was perfect for me at that time. I didn't truly know what I had. Okay, and, and to this day, it'll be 40 years uh, this, <clears throat> this July, but to this day, uh, I'll, I'll just tell you the truth. I still don't believe that I truly understand what I got. Okay? Uh, and, and, and the reason that I say that is that, you know, the Bible talks about the earnest of our inheritance. And, and you know, the, the earnest, the, the, the down payment, the promise, the, the, the surety. Okay? Uh, for those of you that have bought a house, I'm in real estate. And, and, of course, if you bought a house, you had to give that little bit of earnest money up front. And that was like your promise or whatever that, that, uh, that you were going to buy this house. It was to show that, that you were committed. But then at the, when, the, when the closing time came and you got the house, the rest of that promise from that earnest money that you put down was delivered. Brothers, let me tell you something. What I got in here is just a drop in the ocean compared to what's coming. What I, I mean, it's just, it's just a drop in the ocean. And so, uh, I want to, uh, I'm going to ask you to do something here. This, this may be a little different. I don't know, but, uh, turn your Bibles, please to Acts, uh, chapter 26, verse 18. Acts 26, 18. And I don't know if you make notes in your Bible and, and you can do this if you want to, I just I want you to put like a little check mark or a star or whatever you might do uh, at that verse right there because that's going to be a verse today uh, that we're going to uh, look at uh, a little uh, deeper uh, than, than some of these other ones that I'm going to mention. Uh, but this is uh, Paul uh, relating his testimony to, to King Agrippa and what the Lord had, had said to him. And it says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now, there's there's a few things there uh, in, in that verse. Uh, but, it, you know, it talks about opening their eyes. It's talking to lost people to turn them uh, from darkness to light. And, and I, I got, as I was trying to, to prepare and, and study for this lesson, I, I got to thinking about, you know, just, just darkness and, 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 and true uh, uh, darkness in this physical world. And, uh, you know, I got to thinking, well, you know, what might be the, the, the darkest spot that you've ever been in? And I remembered... Um, when I was about, I don't know, in the sixth or the seventh grade, uh, we went on a, on a school field trip uh, up here to Mammoth Cave. And uh, so we, we, we go on this field trip, and of course, you know, we've got the tour guides and everything, and, and they're telling us this and telling us that and walking us through the cave. And then we got to a part in the cave where it was just, it was like a big uh, room just down in this cave. And they turned off the lights. They just hit a switch and the lights were off. And we were all standing there in darkness. And the tour guide just kept talking. 
kept talking about uh, uh, the different features of the cave, how it's a constant temperature all year, and uh, just uh, how they think the cave was formed, and and how it's the I, I think it's either it's either the longest known cave system, Mammoth Cave, the longest known cave system in the United States or the longest in the world. I, I, I honestly I can't remember that, but. He just kept talking and talking, and there we were, just standing there in the dark. Just standing there in the dark. And I don't know how long he talked, but it was for several minutes. And like I said, everybody's just standing there in the dark. And, and I just sort of got to thinking, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one, is why, why, is, why are we just standing here in the dark all this time? And that's sort of a, a crazy thing to do, I guess, with like 50 or 60, you know, 12, 13-year-old kids. But... You know, we were all behaved and he just kept on talking. And like I said, several minutes went by and then he said, okay, I want everybody to get, you know, get quiet, stay quiet, just be still. And he struck a match. I'm 51 years old. I have never seen a light burn more intense than what it seemed like that one match that he struck. And he said, he he made a comment about how bright it was. That one match seemed to light up that whole room that we were in. Just that one match. And he said, if you're wondering why this one match seems to light up everything like this, he says, because possibly the first time you're in your life, you were standing in utter darkness. He said, it's probably the darkest you've ever been in. And when I was talking, you didn't know, but your eyes were adjusting to these conditions. And so now when I light this match, it just stands out so bright Now, I can't remember a lot about that day, but I remember that, just how amazing it was to me. And so uh, if we look at this verse again, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Brothers and sisters, The darker this world gets, the more brightly our lights can shine. Now, we we have a tendency, uh, at least I I hear, uh, you know, some of our people talk about how the world just gets worse and worse and worse. And I mean, I'm sure there's there's some truth to that. I can look at things in my own life and 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 everything and 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 I can see some things that uh, have certainly changed over uh, the time that that I've been on this earth. But, uh, you know, if if people are going to say these things, my fear is, is that uh, uh, we start to get discouraged as God's people. And we start to, to think that there's really not much that we can do. There's not much that we can say uh, because of this world uh, that we're living in. And that is the complete wrong attitude to have. Okay? Uh, I want to I point something out. Uh, you know, well, let me just ask you a question. Raise your hand if you think the Lord knows all things. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you think the Lord is perfect in every way. Okay, 
then you're supposed to be here at this point in time. What I'm trying to say is that the Lord knows all things. He knew all about how this world was going to be uh, right now on this day. Uh, he knows all about how the world's going to be in six months or a year or, or 10 years, Lord willing, if it goes on that long or, or 10,000 years. The Lord knows all about it. Brothers and sisters, he put each and that brothers and sisters, listen to me. Brothers, he put each, he put each and every one of us at this point in time for a purpose. Each and every one of us, okay? And we need to, to, to walk tall in the Lord. And I'll go into what I mean by that here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, like I said, there's going to be a lot of things I talk about today that are personal experience. And, you know, I, I, I don't mean to, to weary your patience or anything like that, but... <sighs> What Brother Hicks said is I have, um, I have suffered some things in my life. Uh, many of you know uh, what they are. Some, some of you may not. And, and I'll, I'll probably get into a, to some of it before I'm finished. But here's, here's the thing. Is that I've, I've, also, uh, I've also experienced some great joys in my life. Okay, um, I, I've also, um, I'm also blessed that the Lord has provided me with, I call them spiritual landmarks, okay? But the Lord has provided me with these spiritual landmarks all throughout my life. I mean, I told you that's where I was saved. I, I, I could stand up here and literally talk until this time tomorrow and still not be finished with the with the the instances in my life where the lord has shown himself to me where he has shown uh that he is he is not only uh uh, my, my, my Lord and Savior uh, down at that time in 1982, but he has shown me that he still walks with me each and every day and so when, when I talk about these things, I, I, I want you to know that, that I think that we're supposed to share our experiences with each other. Okay, there's there, Mark Wheeler, his salvation testimony, the first time I heard it, uh, it, it, it just it blessed me so, so, so much. How, how he, he talked about how he'd had a dream and, and, and everybody was, uh, his family was, was, was leaving. They were walking off and he was lost and uh, he was, you know, screaming out for him to wait for him and not to leave and everything. And he said his family just looked so happy as they just kept walking away. And then he got saved. And then he had that dream again. And this time he was walking hand in hand with his family and they were all happy. That, that just, that blessed my soul. And, and, and I'm glad that he has that. But, uh, you know, what I'm trying uh, to get at is, is that, you know, there, there's things that, that each and every one of us have. And, and, and as I uh, speak today about some of the things that, that I'm going to uh, share, I want you to think in your own life, these spiritual landmarks to where you know uh, that, that the Lord has revealed himself to you. You know that the Lord has delivered a message to you. And if you're sitting here uh, today, um, I, I, I'm, I certainly hope that that's happened at least two times in your life. 
where you know the Lord saved your soul and when you know where the Lord called you to preach. I certainly hope that if you're here today, that, that you've had at least two experiences in your life where the Lord has revealed himself and told you something. Uh, I, uh, I've heard before, I've heard it said before, um, if you're going to think, then think big. Now, when I, when I first heard that statement, uh, the context was for financial gain in this world. Um, today, I'm not up here to talk about that. Uh, I want to apply that statement, though. If you're going to think, think big. I want to apply that statement to the eternal things of God. Uh, where neither moth or rust doth corrupt, or where th- thieves do not <clears throat> break through nor steal. Uh, thinking big must be accompanied by spiritual leadership. Okay? We have to have the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Um, spiritual leadership and faith, uh, if we don't have uh, spiritual leadership, if we don't have faith and we're thinking big about what we think we might supposed to do or, or what we think that we can go out and, and do for the Lord, unless the Lord intervenes in some way, if we don't have the leadership of the Holy Spirit, uh, we might make a big mess. We might, we might create a big problem. And, uh, you know, we, we don't need to kid ourselves. I mean, even, even the most well-intentioned heart uh, can go down the wrong path. You know, I'm not, I'm not up here to, to say that, uh, you know, your, somebody's intentions weren't, weren't well. But, uh, you know, the leadership of the Holy Spirit uh, needs to be present in everything that we do. And so I believe the, the Bible encourages us uh, to think big. I mean, let's just, let's just look uh, at some of the traits that the Bible tells us about God. Um, the Bible says that God is omniscient. Uh, that means all-knowing. So God knows everything from beginning to end. He knows the future better than we know the present or the past. And God never forgets. You know, I could tell my salvation experience... I'm going to get a good part of it out. But there's, there's parts about that night that I don't remember. I don't, honestly, I don't remember exactly what was preached that night. The Lord knows everything about it. He hadn't forgot about it, okay? Uh, the Lord is omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. Uh, he has the power to accomplish anything His holy and perfect will desires. The gods are God's all present. Uh, there's no place in existence from the past, in the present, or in the future where God is not present. Uh, if the universe is expanding, as some scientists claim, I can promise you God's there at every point. If the universe grows an inch, God is there. If it grows a foot, God is there. And, and so, you know, we, we think about these three things and, and, and we, I, I make the point that we are as God's people and especially those of us uh, who've been called to preach his gospel, it is, we should think big 
It is, it is, I believe it's part of our responsibility to, to think big because we are serving a big God, one that is all-knowing, one that's all-powerful, one that's all-present. And then I, I can't get off this without mentioning my favorite verse in the entire Bible, uh, a verse that I've leaned on quite heavy in my life, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. That verse does not say some things. That verse says all things. That means every single thing that comes about in our life uh, is for our good. Well, how do we know it's for our good? Because God says so. Well, how do we know that God knows it's for our good? Because God's omniscient. Well, how do we know that God's in control and actually brought this about? Because God's all-powerful. Well, how do we know that God's with us? Because he's omnipresent. I want you to to, to think on these things and, and think back to the times in your life where you have felt the Lord lead you. And, and, and perhaps think back to some, some hardships uh, in, in your life. And, and, and I'm sure that uh, if, if you look hard enough, you can find the comforting hand of the Lord uh, somewhere in there. Now, just off what I've mentioned alone, we should walk tall in the Lord. Just off what I've mentioned alone, and I'm just getting started, but just what I've said so far about the, the three traits of him, uh, we, we should walk tall in him. We should be walking with confidence in him. Uh, you know, the Lord is always there to give us what we need. There's, there's, there's always a path that has been made by God. And, and I'm going to give a couple of scriptural examples here, and then I'll get into some personal ones. But, you know, the examples in the scripture, uh, I'll start off with one that uh, it, it's common. Uh, you've all heard it. Uh, I feel quite honestly it gets misapplied a lot, but I felt the need to, to put it in this lesson and everything. And, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why I felt the need is because uh, when I first got this verse or first got this lesson uh, sitting over there uh, last year, uh, I I felt the Lord leading on me uh, to try to encourage uh, the missionaries that are here. Now, uh, I've never been on the mission field. I I haven't felt that call and and I don't want anybody, uh, you know, to to think, well, you know, he's he's never done this before. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. I, I may not know what it's like to be on a mission field, but I do know what the word of the Lord says right here. Okay, and this verse I'm talking about, it says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Philippians 4.13. I said that's misapplied. Well, what I mean by misapplied is that, you know, if you watch sports at all, uh, football or something like that, every now and then you'll see a football player and on the, on the black tape they put right here, they'll have the black tape and then they'll have that, that Philippians 4.13 right there. And, you know, I've seen baseball players uh, right on the inside of their cap and everything. And, and, and what they're talking about is that, you know, they can do all things on the field. Okay, on the field of play, they can do all things. They can uh, shoot the ball the best or, or they can, uh, you know, make the big pass or get the big hit or make the big play or, or, or whatever. Brothers, that's not what that verse means at all. Okay. When Paul wrote that verse, inspired by the Lord, he doesn't mean all the things 
here, he didn't mean all the things in this world. He meant all the things that we're called by God to do. Now that's, that's what that verse means. All the things that we're called by God to do. So, you know, if, uh, like I said, I was nervous uh, about getting up here and everything, but I, I felt like the Lord ha- had called me uh, to give this lesson today. Uh, I- I'm sure there, there would be times, I know uh, I've pastored two churches, and there was times that uh, uh, pastoring those churches, I- I'd get a little discouraged or, or uh, uh, maybe a little, uh, you know, down or upset over this or that. Uh, but, you know, I could look back to this verse and, 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 it, and, it, and when I wanted to give up, uh, the Lord uh, would help me uh, with this verse, letting me know that, that he's with me. And as long as he's with me, then I can get through. If you're on the mission field, you may get discouraged. I, I, I can't even imagine some of the things that, that you might have had to encounter uh, during your time and everything. But if you know the Lord is in it, then it is a venture worth continuing. If, if the Lord is with you, then you keep on uh, pushing on and you keep on uh, doing uh, what, what you feel uh, like the Lord uh, is wanting you to do. You know, um, another example of thinking big you know, I like to walk this cemetery up here. I used to live not far from here, and I used to come up here most mornings and, and uh, do my Bible study, and I'd walk the cemetery some. Well, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, uh, it says, In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. So one day, people are going to pop out of the ground up there. Amen. Okay. Now that, that, that's, that's thinking big brothers. That's thinking big. Okay. And one day this is going to happen. You know, that they're going to, they're going to come out and, 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 and and they're going to go on to be with the Lord. And, and, and I'll tell you what, you know, I wouldn't mind being up here and seeing that happen. I said that to somebody one time. I said, you might be scared to death. I said, I wouldn't be scared. No, no, I wouldn't be scared. I might have some emotion going, but I wouldn't be scared. I'd be shouting, but I wouldn't, but I'm not much of a shouter, but I, I, I'd be shouting, but I, I wouldn't be scared. You know, see, these things can sound a little, a little strange when, when we start talking about, you know, the graves bursting open or, you know, I imagine it sounded pretty strange when Noah was preaching and, and building that boat and talking about the, this rain coming down and everything like that. But see, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, the Lord's ways are higher than our ways. And God is not limited by our capacity to understand him. He's bigger than we are. He's a big God. As I said earlier, at the heart of all of this is leadership from the Holy Spirit. I, I cannot stress that enough. That we have to be led of the Spirit in everything that we try to do for the Lord. Okay, I, I, I just, I can't, I, I could stand up here and say that over and over a hundred times and I feel like it, it wouldn't be enough. But if we look over, um, here's an example right here. Look over in the 16th chapter of Acts. And in the sixth verse, starting in the sixth verse, we see an example right here about where the leadership of the Holy Spirit was needed. Okay? Because we had what I believe to be some well-intentioned hearts that 
you know, might have went a different path if the Spirit didn't intervene. It says, Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Now that, where it says that they essayed to go to, you know, I'm thinking that that's where they had sort of thought, yeah, we're going to go here next. But the Spirit didn't lead them that way. Now we can read on and we can see the results, the great results of what happened when they follow the Spirit here. And I, I'm not going to do that today, but uh, what I'm trying to get at is that you know, everything we do, the Spirit needs to lead. These were certainly well-intentioned men. And if the Spirit wouldn't have intervened, they wouldn't have went to the right spot. We need to pray for the Spirit's intervention in everything that we do. I, um, I don't think he's here today. I, w- I was hoping he would be, but I'm sure some of you know Brother Steve Sablon. And uh, I used to be his pastor years ago. One Sunday morning, sitting in Sunday school, I had studied the whole week, just you know, really just digging into the Word, trying to get where the Lord needed me to be, trying to prepare what the Lord uh, would have me preach. And so I had, I had my, my sermon, what I felt, all ready to go. We were sitting in Sunday school class. About 10 minutes left in Sunday school. All of a sudden, the Lord started telling me, I don't want you to preach that today. I don't know if any of you all have ever had that happen or not. I'm sure some of you have. Okay. And at first I thought, well, now hold on. You know, hold on. Lord said, no, I, I, don't, I don't want you to preach that today. My message was going to be to the church on that particular Sunday. And I mean, the Lord, if I can say this, the Lord was emphatic. You're not preaching that today. And so Sunday school ended. There's always about 10 minutes or so between Sunday school and church. And Sunday school ended, and I went up to one of the deacons. I said, brother, I'm going to go in the children's Sunday school room. I said, I need to pray. I said, the Lord's dealing with me. And I said, uh, if I'm not out, go ahead and start service. I said, just keep on singing. I'll, I'll come out when I'm ready. He's like, well, okay. You know. And so um, I went back and I started praying. Lord gave me some scripture. I said, this is what I want you to preach. And it was to the lost. And so I got up uh, a few minutes later and... Uh, And I preached that message the Lord had laid on my heart to the lost. And the Lord was in it. 
I, I, I mean, I, I could feel the Lord's presence. The Lord really helped me in that message. And uh, I, was, uh, I was feeling good about how the Lord had made himself known and how he had blessed me during the message. And I mean, you, you understand what I'm getting at. I was just, I, it was just, it was a good service. It was a, it was a message that the Lord blessed and, and I was feeling good. And, and, uh, when I finished, uh, uh, the sermon and I gave an altar call, felt like I should do that. Nobody come up. I sort of sat there and I thought to myself, what, what's happening? Now, I, I wasn't too far, uh, I, I, I wasn't too far as a, as a pastor at this time, okay? And so some of the things I'm saying, some of you might be thinking, well, his, his immaturity was showing. Well, you're right, okay? And uh, I just sort of, you know, I might have even called for another verse of song. Still, nothing happened. And so service dismissed, and I went and got in the, in the car, my wife, my kids. And that whole way home, I was just, you know, talking to my wife. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. I told her what had happened. Nobody made a move. You know, I said, I know that was from the Lord. I know that was the, I, you know, Bible says that we know the voice of the Lord. I believe that. I'm sure you do too. I know that was from the Lord. My wife was trying to, you know, console me and everything. And so anyway, uh, we got home, ate a little something, sat there the whole afternoon and sulked. Sat there into the night and was still sulking over that. Just trying to figure it out. You know, about 930 that night, my phone rings. I looked down at Steve Sublime. I said, well, what's old brother Steve calling me for? So I picked it up. He says, brother Whitty, that's brother Steve. He says, Anna has something to tell you. <laughs> brother Whitty, the Lord just saved my soul. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> after I hung up the phone, I got down and I started asking for forgiveness from the Lord. Lord showed me something. You know, there's, there's, there's people out there that they, that they don't understand. I, f- I feel sorry for them. I'm not talking down about them at all. I, I feel bad for them. I, I, I do. But there's people, they don't believe that this stuff is possible. They don't believe that you can know that you're saved. They don't, they don't believe a story like what I just told where the Lord changed my message and, and then he did it for, for a reason and, and everything. And then this girl calls and says that she's saved. Some will say, oh, well, that was just all coincidence. That wasn't coincidence. That was the Lord at work. Amen. As the Lord was, was, was preparing my heart uh, in that in that Sunday school room, ten minutes before the service, as he was preparing my heart, he was preparing hers as well to re- hear and receive that message. I uh, part of the hardship that uh, that Brother Brad mentioned before I started was for those of you who don't know, I lost my first wife, and when I was in my early twenties, to a car accident. 
Um, that was hard times, brothers. Um, it's been it's been nearly thirty years, and I still have a hard time talking about it. I um, there's many of you here that know that the wife I have now has went through some her- some serious health issues. Many of you prayed and prayed and prayed for. I mean, talk, talk about just uh, the power of the Lord. She had people all over the United States, Africa, all, all over. I mean, this was like multi-continent prayer chain here. Amen. Praying for her. I, uh, there was a revival service years ago. I was sitting in the back of the church. And at that point in time, I did not know if my second wife was going to live. Um, very, very dire circumstances at that time. Uh, Brother Steve Skinner was pastor here and um, revival service. I was sitting in the back. I just got up and walked out. I just... I just, I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy the service because I was so worried about my wife. I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to sit in the building. So I thought I'm just going to go walk up in the cemetery. As I walked up in the cemetery, there's a concrete bench up there. I'm assuming it's still up there. It'd take an awful lot to move it. But there's a concrete bench up there. And I sat on that concrete bench and I started praying. I was just praying for the Lord to have His will and that if, if He did take my wife, that somehow He'd make a way where I could raise my children without a mother. As I was praying, Lord then let me know that my wife would be okay. That this affliction that she had at this time, that she'd be healed from it. I, uh, I kept that with me for a little bit. I know I told Brother Reynolds about it. I may have told Brother Skinner, I, I, I can't remember. And I kept that with me for a while. And then one day I felt led to stand up in a Sunday morning service and just tell it. And that's what I did. I stood up and I told it, and, and, I, and I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, I, I don't know how many of our people actually took me serious or not. Because my wife had been struggling with issues for a long time. I I mean, it had been going on for, I think at this point, maybe about two years or so. And she'd been struggling with these issues. And I just, I I stood up. I said, I felt felt led to share this. I I, I didn't originally intend to, but 
uh, and I told the story about going up in the cemetery. The Lord let me know that he is going to heal Leslie. I don't know when, but I know it's going to happen. We went all over. Some of you remember this. We went all over the United States of America looking for a doctor that could help her. Florida, New York, Los Angeles, and all in between. No joke. This went on for a few years. Okay? Finally, found somebody that knew what it was. Okay? And by the skill that the Lord gave that surgeon, my wife was healed. Now, I tell you this. Now, she has since suffered some more issues completely unrelated to this. And the Lord has yet to give me an answer about those. If he does, I'll be sure to tell you. Okay? But the Lord's let me... uh, The Lord hadn't gave me anything on that yet. But here's what I want to point out to you. After the Lord healed Leslie, okay, I can't remember whose funeral it was, but I was standing outside of a funeral home here in Bowling Green, and somebody that attends this church that never gave a testimony come up to me and said, Brother Witty, I heard about Leslie, and I'm so happy. And, and this person said, I remember that day a few years ago when you stood up in church and you proclaimed that the Lord, that, that the Lord had revealed to you that he was going to heal her. I think that right there meant as much to me as the Lord actually healing my wife. That somebody that doesn't, uh, that, that had not uh, gave a testimony saw the power of prayer and saw that not only does the Lord hear the prayer, but he answers prayer and that he comforts us. I was on a, uh, I'm going to run out of time, but I do feel the need to share this. I was on an airplane on one of these trips, actually, flying to see a doctor. 30,000 feet in the air. And the Lord says, you need to tell your testimony to this lady sitting next to you. Now, I already had my Bible out, okay, because I had... Uh, I'd, I'd, been, I'd been doing my Bible study on the plane. And I told that lady my testimony. Haven't seen her since, hadn't heard from her since. I was moved telling her my testimony. She was moved when I told her because she had tears in her eyes. I, I, I don't know what will become of that. I do know this, the Lord gave that to me for a reason. I've often thought... What if one day that I'm standing up in heaven and that woman comes and taps me on the shoulder? I I don't know. I don't know. Examples of walking tall. What does it mean to walk tall? Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help 
in the time of need. You know, there's so much in that scripture, the whole fact that we can come boldly directly to the throne of grace now because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's so much in that scripture that I can't get into today, but I can, I, I do want to tell you this, that boldly here uh, does not mean uh, coming uh, with, with arrogance. Okay, it's not that kind of boldness. Uh, Okay, it doesn't mean coming with arrogance. It doesn't mean uh, that we should come and and get something that that from the Lord that we feel that we deserve. I I remember a a lesson uh, years ago or or a sermon years ago that Brother Skinner uh, preached and everything. and, And he said, don't you ever ask God for what you deserve. Now, that's that's the truth. When you think about it, I mean, that's that's right. Okay, because everything that we've received of the Lord uh, comes by his mercy and by his grace. But boldly here, what that's talking about is to come with confidence in the Lord, to come with full expectation of God's omniscience and God's omnipotence and and God's uh, omnipresence. And so when, when I say that we are supposed to walk tall in the Lord, we are supposed to walk with expectation that the Lord is going to move not only on our souls, on our hearts to lead us uh, in in the things that that we should do, but He's going to move on those around us. That's walking tall in the Lord. Walking with expectation that, that we know that, that the Lord is there, uh, that, that we know that, that, that the, the Lord is with us, that we know, bro, Brother Skinner said it uh, in, in, in his message, talking about he wants us to be a part of the family. He wants us uh, to be adopted. And, and not only that, he wants others that, uh, to be adopted. And brothers, he wants us to go out and tell them the word. Uh, we should walk tall. In the Lord. Last thing I'll say is Paul wrote that we are ambassadors. Ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is a, is a representative. We've got uh, ambassadors. Ambassador you know, from the United States goes out. What does he do? He represents the United States. And all these big meetings and things like that. Back in the days of, of kings, you could see where um, a, a king would, uh, uh, would send a representative out. It says, time's up. Give me a second, brother. Uh, a king would send a, uh, a representative out, and that representative would go out and he would say, you know, I am so-and-so, and I'm here on behalf of king whoever. Brothers, we're ambassadors And we are ambassador for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's walk tall.